Word, the living God. Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. This is the word of the living God, and together we say... Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Let's pray together. Now, O Lord, we ask that in this time of the preaching of your word, you would encourage our hearts. Help us, O Lord, to see from a pattern of your scripture implications and ideals of what is good and right. Help us this day, Lord, to be encouraged in your word, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There are occasionally moments in the preaching of the word where you just need to address something. We had baptism this morning, and our baptistry is almost finished. So you will hear a little gurgling for about two or three more minutes. Do not fear. It's just the baptistry. I'm aware of it, and you're aware of it, and we rejoice that water has been used for the glory of God this day. That being said, as we look at Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, there are many things that we could say. This evening, I'd like to focus on one particular pattern that we see in the Scriptures. But let me start by saying this. I've always had a love for, love is a strong word, a, a great like and appreciation for old, rundown houses. Not so much that I would live in these houses, but you know the kind when you're driving through the countryside and you see one of those country houses that was built 100 or 200 years ago and now it's dilapidated and there is no longer anyone dwelling within the house. Now this may just be me, but every once in a while I'll think to myself, 
I wonder what kind of memories occurred in that house. Occasionally, we've been places where I might stop and see it and walk in the front yard and and look in various ways and begin to ask myself questions like, I wonder what kind of words were said inside this house. Now, you may not have an appreciation for old houses, but I do and I always have. I often think to myself, what kind of voices were in this house? Actually, Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, among other things, helps us to see an ideal for voices in the house. And here's what I mean. Not that there would be dilapidated houses that people would look at 200 years later, but within the various context of this acrostic of old, there is mention of voices in the house. Voices of children. Voices of the woman or the mother, voices of the husband or the father. And it's these voices that I want us to look at tonight, because you see, I think in Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, we get a pattern, we get an ideal. And when we see an ideal or a pattern in Scripture, it's important for us to consider what truth is there for us. We all live in homes. Most of us live in families currently with other people in those homes. And if we don't, we have family elsewhere. What are the voices that we see in Proverbs 31 and how can they point us to the voices in our own houses? As I mentioned, Proverbs 31 verses 10 through 31 is an acrostic. It begins each verse with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. You can't really see that in the English translation, but you can in Hebrew. It starts at the beginning and just works its way through the alphabet to the end. And here we have a discussion of the virtuous wife. But this passage is not just for women. This passage gives us a wonderful picture. And so let us look at this picture. A few words of note. Here in verse 10, the words read, Who can find a virtuous wife? Well, many of us have found virtuous wives, but the question is asked because it is seemingly, it would appear to the writer, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it would seem to be difficult. It would seem to be important. It would seem to be noteworthy to find a virtuous wife, a wife that is described here as one who cares for her household, who labors inside and outside the home who cares for various needs within the house. But rather than look at each of these verses tonight, I want us to look at the voices that dot the house here of Proverbs 31. Three different kinds of voices. The first is the voice of the woman. The voice of the woman. In a couple places in Proverbs 31, we see what comes out of the mouth of the virtuous woman. Verse 11 Look there, the heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. Now, this isn't directly about her voice alone, but undoubtedly it is included. There are a couple places of scripture that we could add to this. Let me read these for you and you can turn there or just hear me read them. But first, Ephesians chapter five, Ephesians chapter five and verse thirty three 
At the end of that section regarding husbands and wives, the word of God says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Or how about Proverbs 21, verse 19? Proverbs 21, verse 19. This would not be a popular thing to say in the world today. But it is the living word of God. Proverbs 21, verse 19. Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. And then, of course, Titus chapter 2. Again, to the New Testament. Titus chapter 2. Turn there with me. Titus 2, verses 3 through 5. The older woman, likewise, that they may be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Now, what does that have to do with the voice that we see in Proverbs 31? Well, look at verse 11 again. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. One of the realities of godly men being able to trust their godly wives is that they need not fear that their wives voice is against them. Now, I'm not talking about situations where couples need assistance. They need counsel. They need guidance. I'm not talking about situations where a wife may have to go to the elders of her church, or to civil magistrates in order to deal with very difficult and even abusive situations. What I'm speaking of here is the regular in and outs of life. There is a tendency often in our day for women, Christian women, to publicly speak negatively of their husbands. And one of the things that we see here is that the heart of the husband of the virtuous woman is able to safely trust her. Ladies, is your voice something that is good for your husband? Think of Job's wife, one-on-one. Or perhaps think of examples where a wife who is not quite the picture that we see here is speaking to other women of the church negatively all of the time, beating down her husband Moment by moment. Later on in the text, in verse, thir- in verse 23, we read these words. Proverbs 31, verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. He is known in context in part because of his wife. Have you ever thought about that? The context of the husband being known in the gates happens in, in this context of the husband who is married to the virtuous wife. It really has reached in some segments of the church almost to pandemic levels where, if we're not careful, ladies, our husbands and our churches really aren't going to be able to safely trust in their wives because their wives may open their mouths in ways that degrade and tear down and poke fun of their husbands in front of other women in the church 
in front of children in the house. Now make no mistake, if there are times where sin needs to be addressed, we must open our mouths and sometimes seek the counsel of others, even within the church. But here, in this house, the picture is that the heart of a husband can trust in his wife. But notice what else is on her tongue. Good for her husband. Look at verse 26. The virtuous woman, the virtuous wife is known as what verse 26 lays out. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. What kind of voice is coming from the mouth of the virtuous wife? A voice that points to God's ways. God's ways. She opens her mouth with wisdom. If we need to interpret the word wisdom in the book of Proverbs, we need only go to the very first chapter in verse 7, where we read that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Within the house, the voice of the woman is trustworthy, and it's a voice that comes with wisdom and with the law of kindness. Ladies, Does this describe your voice in your house? Is it a voice that does good to your husband? Not covering sin. Not sitting in silence when something needs to be corrected. Please don't misunderstand me. But a voice that is trustworthy and seeks to build up. And a voice that is filled with God's ways, again, with wisdom. And is your tongue one that is ushering forth the law of kindness? In Proverbs 31, we catch a glimpse of the ideal of the voice of the woman. But, you know, secondly, we catch a glimpse of the voice of the man. Look at Proverbs 31, verse 28. Brothers, notice the ideal here. Our instruction is, quite frankly, a little more bold. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Verse 28 says that the voice of the man within the ideal home of the virtuous woman is a a voice that praises the woman. Think about this, brothers. How often on our tongues, publicly in front of our children... And without seeking to be filled with flattery or to draw attention to ourselves or to our own family, how often is our tongue filled with praise for our wives? Notice in verse 30, this text tells us the chief reason that she should be praised. Verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Yes, we ought to praise our wives, brothers, for how they care for the family, for the meals that they prepare, for the tireless things that they do, for their thousands of talents. But notice here what is highlighted is that a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, what do we mean by that? I thought only God was to be praised. But the text says, a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised, meaning that it is good and right in the presence of the living God for us to recognize 
the glorious work of God in someone's heart who fears the Lord. Men, let us be men that seek to encourage the fear of the Lord and even to praise the fear of the Lord that we see in our wives. Verse 10 again begins this whole acrostic with a startling statement. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Meaning, boys and girls, that if God has given to your dad a wife that loves God, that fears God, that puts God above other things, then you are richer. Your dad is richer than if he had a bag full of very priceless jewels. So we get an ideal here, don't we? The voice of the woman, a voice that aids and seeks for the husband to trust in her and a voice that is filled with wisdom, a voice that has the law of kindness. And we see the voice of the man. He praises particularly the spiritual fruit that he sees in his wife. What would our homes in the church in America look like if this was the kind of pattern that was regularly fostered? There are voices in our houses, but are they this kind of voice? The voice of the woman and the voice of the man. Now turn over to Proverbs 18, verse 22, before we leave the voice of the man Brothers, perhaps you have seen this before, but it's another reminder of how important it is and what a blessing it is. Proverbs 18, verse 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Brothers, May I just remind us in keeping with the pattern that we see in Proverbs 31, that if the living God has given you a wife who loves him, you are very rich. If the living God has given you a wife that is seeking to grow in his ways and to grow in the fear of him, then you have found an excellent thing. But... How often is your voice pointing that out? The voice of the woman, the voice of the man. Now, boys and girls, look thirdly at another voice that we see in the house. Verse 28. This is the voice of children. The voice of children. Now, again, in the context of this passage, the wisdom of God here is the picture of a virtuous wife. But within that context, there are many different kinds of voices that are a pattern. The implication is we should grow and seek to excel in this kind of a pattern. The children speak in Proverbs 31. Look at verse 28 one more time. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Now, I don't know, boys and girls, if you understand what this means. But here in Proverbs 31, we see a picture of a wife 
of a mom, a mommy, if you use that word, that is seeking to fear God, to love God, to honor God, and to use the energy of her life to care for her family. And at the very end, we get a description of what often results, not always, sadly, but what often results over the years from the mouth of her children. That is, they rise up and they call her blessed. Meaning, they praise her. They say thank you to her. They honor her. They love her. They celebrate her. Her. They recognize how blessed they are to have her. What are the voices of the children in the house? They rise up and call this kind of a woman blessed. So here's a few questions for you, boys and girls, or older children, or teenagers, or anyone in this room who still has a godly mother. How often do you seek to say thank you to your mom? How often do you recognize in your heart and say with your lips that God has blessed you with such a mom? And brothers, notice the very next phrase we've already seen. Her husband also, and he praises her. The text continues. Almost in song-like form, many daughters have done well, but you excel or surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. Single brothers, this is for all of us, but it might be particularly palpable for you. Charm is deceitful and beauty is Passing, no offense to all the beautiful ladies in this room, I'm sure, to each husband. But notice what the text elevates. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Single brothers, in your quest for a wife, what is drawing your heart? But this acrostic ends in verse 31. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. There's a pattern here, isn't there? That the virtuous wife is recognized and even her children rise up and call her blessed or blessed. What kind of voices then do we see in this house? Well, we see the voice of the woman, don't we? We see the voice of the man, and we see the voice of children. These are the voices that dot this particular house. A house that is elevated as a pattern or as an example or something that we ought to shoot for. Proverbs 31, 10 through 31 gives us a lot of material, much more than we've covered tonight. But there are a lot of voices here. Now, at the very end of this, we read this. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Elsewhere in Scripture, men and children are called to fear the Lord. 
What does that mean? What does it mean to fear the Lord? It means that you reverence the Lord. You have awe for the Lord. That there are no other gods that you elevate in place of the Lord. It means that you consider the living God as the God who rules and reigns over all things. It means that you understand that you live before the face of the living God. That increasingly, the thoughts of your mind, the intentions of your heart, and the actions of your hands are weighed in the balance of the reality that God is watching, that God owns you, that He sent His Son to die, Christian, for you. There's much more we could say about the fear of the Lord. But as we end tonight, let us not say less. The fear of the Lord ought to grip our hearts, our minds. It ought to drive our actions. If you read through the pages of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, there are nearly countless references to fearing the living God. You know, we talked about the voice of the woman in the home and the voice of the man and the voice of the children. And one of the beautiful realities is that in a Christian home, it's the voice of Christ that is often heard. As the word is preached on Sundays, as it's read in our homes Monday through Saturday, we see the beauties of Christ and his cross. Maybe you're here tonight, someone invited you, and you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm, 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 I guess it's important to, to live in a good way as a husband or wife. What you need to see is that you too must fear God. You too must understand that God sent His Son to die for sinners, and that you're a sinner. The Scriptures make clear that all of us are born into sin, We do the things that we're not supposed to do and we don't do the things that we ought to do. And we live under God's just and right condemnation. And we're right to fear judgment. But you see, one of the beautiful things about Christians is not that they start doing better to include being better as husbands and wives and children. One of the beautiful things about Christians is that God has put his spirit in their hearts and so they see their need for a savior. And they trust in that savior by God's grace. They understand that that savior lived a perfect life for them and died on the cross for them and that he's become their full substitute. And so by God's grace, fear of judgment turn to fearing the Lord in a way that leads to life. Trusting Him as the God who provides and saves. We end with the Gospel because it is only on the Gospel, resting on the Gospel, that we can seek to do these things. You know, if we were to read Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, and I were to say, here's the ideal for the voice of the woman in the home. Here's the ideal, brothers, for you. Praise your wives. 
Recognize how blessed you are. If God has given you a godly woman, children, thank and honor your mom. If that's all that we said tonight, then those things would be true. But if it's not based on the foundation of the voice of Christ by his spirit in our lives, then we won't be able to honor God with these commands. So because Christ has died for sinners and made them God's people, because God has forgiven their sins, He's called them to grow in him. And one of the many ways that we can grow in our love for God is considering the voices in the house. Ladies, your voice. Men, your voice. Children, even your voice. And one of the other needs we have for the gospel to be the foundation of this entire thing is that if you're like me, you'll hear the word of God. You'll read verses like this and you'll realize you don't do this perfectly. What can you do? But one of the voices that can be heard in your home is that you cry out in repentance. You say, Lord, forgive me. I've not been living with the right kind of voice for the last few weeks. Forgive me. By your Spirit's grace, help me. Give me an increasing desire. There are many old houses that dot the landscape of this country and other countries. And again, I don't know what kind of voices those houses contained. Were there cheerful voices? Were there sad voices? Were there bad news stories shared in those homes? I don't know, but I think about it. Proverbs 31 gives us the opportunity to see the ideal voices within the home. For the woman, for the man, and for the children. Resting in Christ alone, let us rise up and speak well. Let's pray. Almighty God, help your people. May the voices of our homes increasingly press in to the ideal that we see here in this text. Help godly women to speak well and not speak in certain ways. Help godly men and brothers in this place to speak well to use their voice as a tool to propel their wife, to encourage her in her own pursuit of the fear of the Lord. Lord, by your Spirit, cause children who become teenagers and young adults to see the rich heritage that there is in a godly mother and father and to use their own mouths to honor them and thus honor God. And help us all to do this relying on Christ as the one who forgives us when we fail. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.